Welcome to Retro Rewind, Pinal Central's new sports-themed podcast, where we talk to former Pinal County athletes and discuss memorable moments in local sports history. This podcast is brought to you by Casa Grande Jewelry and Pawn. We have been nominated in the top three jewelry and pawn store in the greatest of the grande. We bring integrity, honesty, and quality customer service. We are a family-owned business and operate and treat our customers like family. Customer satisfaction is always our number one priority. Come in and visit our store and check out our amazing inventory on guns, jewelry, and so much more. You can also start your Christmas layaway now for only $5 down. We are located at 13 1326 North Pinal Avenue in Casa Grande. Our hours are Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. and 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturday. Our phone number is 520-836-7774. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Retro Rewind. I am your host, Brian Wright, and I am joined by my co-host, Maria Vasquez. And uh, our guest today, we uh, have back for part two, and that is Stephen Trejo, former Casa Grande Union football star who then went on to Arizona State and ultimately the NFL. Stephen, uh, thanks again for joining us for a second episode. Yeah, absolutely. Brian, Maria, thanks for having me back. Okay, so, you know, we kind of uh, ended our part one of uh, uh, our first episode talking with you, kind of just getting into your NFL experience and um, certainly didn't have the easiest route, uh, you know, coming in as an undrafted free agent and, and things like that and kind of really had to had to work to earn your spot. And so, you know, when, when you did finally earn your spot and, you, you know, you're playing with the Detroit Lions, um, this is the 2001 season, and um, so tell us a little bit about your um, your first game. You know that you that you get into week one there. Uh, so first game, um, well, I mean the the very first game was 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 a preseason game, um, and at that point, um, you know, again, it was for me, it was all about taken advantage of any opportunity I I was going to get. I, I I had a good idea going into the game that I was going to play some and, you know, both, both offensively at fullback as well as, um, as well as on special teams. And so um, it was, it was about trying to, to show the coaches that, that I could be uh, somebody that could trust and, and somebody that, that could do the, do, do the job and, and, and make plays. Um, so that was really the, the, the focus going in, into that, um, was, was trying to just flash, flash on film, what, what I was putting on film so that, uh, you know, I'd continue to get opportunities and, and, um, you know, give myself a, a better shot to, to make the team going into the, the regular season. So I'm sure everybody kind of has their, their kind of wow, moment uh you know nfl moment uh, and i don't know if that came for you in the preseason or maybe it was in your first um regular season game uh do, do you remember that kind of you know man i, I can't believe i'm i'm here in the nfl or, or just kind of a welcome to the nfl kind of moment yeah i had two i had two um one was um my first practice you know just in um like mini camp, 
uh, you know, after the draft. Um, you know, so, you know, nothing, nothing major, you know, just, just helmets and, and jerseys, whatnot. But I wasn't, you know, it was probably a half hour into that first practice and, you know, just kind of a whirlwind going on inside my head. You know, we had just downloaded a bunch of plays or installed a bunch of plays. So I'm trying to remember this, remember that. But then I, then we kind of had a brief moment where there was a pause. And I, I looked over, and I, I don't even know who it was, but um, I, I just saw some a lion's helmet, and I was, it just kind of hit me. I was like, "Wow! Like I'm, 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 I'm in an NFL Detroit Lions uh, practice right now." So that, that was kind of the first surreal moment I had. Um, and then I guess the the real kind of welcome to the the NFL moment would be um, so so coming out of the preseason. Um, you know, I was, I was able to do enough to make it on to the team, um, you know, at least for that first game, you know, cause ultimately, uh, I didn't have any job security. It was always going to be a, a week to week thing. If I wasn't, if I wasn't doing my job, you know, I was likely going to get replaced. Um, but that first game was at Lambeau Field. Um, you know, one of, probably one of the most iconic, uh, teams, stadiums, you know, in all of the NFL. Um, Green Bay, Detroit, same division, you know, the black and blue division, you know, uh, of the old days, um, you know, kind of cross state rivals, um, you know, so, and then leading into the game, um, I was coming out of the visitor's tunnel and I, I look over to my left. And I see Brett Favre there just kind of warming up. And so I'm just thinking, oh, that's weird. That's, that's really weird. Um, and then I, I scan over to my right and uh, uh, see Reggie White. Um, you know, he was doing TV commentating at the time, um, you know, before, you know, after his playing days and, and before his passing, you know, but just, you know, Hall of Famer, you know, somebody that you always heard of, you know, gr- growing up and just a, you know, a, a great player in his own right. Um, so just seeing those two people right off the bat, it was just like, wow, this, this, this is crazy. This is unreal. So, you know, you mentioned a couple of legendary players there, uh, Brett Favre and uh, Reggie White. Of course, Reggie White, like you said, he was commentating at the time. But I'm thinking back to that time and that division, which I believe back then was the NFC Central, um, but you're talking uh, Detroit, Chicago, uh, Green Bay, um, and Minnesota. And I wonder, you know, there were some great players in, in that division at the time. Uh, Brett Favre, like you already mentioned, and I'm thinking like Randy Moss. Um, what yeah. w- Was there a player, you know, from within your own division that you remember, you know, just watching um, either on the sideline or, or, you know, when you were actually in the games – that you just, you just like, you couldn't take your eyes off watching that player. I mean, yeah, of course, of course, Favre was going to be one of those, um, you know, Amon Green for Green Bay, you know, he had some monster games against us. Um, you know, Minnesota, you mentioned Randy Moss, uh, Dante Culpepper, you know, they were always tough to deal with. Um uh the the bears um 
you know, I don't know about specifically that, that first year, but, um, Brian Urlacher, you know, some of the, some of the guys they had on defense there were, you know, that they were a formidable, formidable group, um, you know, back then and, you know, for a lot of years, um, down in Tampa Bay, they were, they were still in the division at the time. Um, Keyshawn Johnson was there at the time, um, you know, defensively, Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, um, you know, so yeah, the, the list of names that, that, uh, you know, I found myself sharing the field with at, at the time was, was impressive and, and, and pretty humbling. So going back real quick, uh, you went undrafted. So just what was your whole mentality at that point? It's like, okay, um, I wasn't one, one, one of the top picks. Uh, where do I go from here now? Uh, like I said, it was, I was, I was pretty realistic in, you know, what the situation was. Um, you know, I, I never, there, there was never, any real job security to speak of. I, I just, I knew that I needed to be doing my job, you know, whatever it was that week, you know, majority of the time, the important parts I was doing was, was the special team stuff. Um, you know, there, there was times, you know, where um, I'd be involved, um, you know, through, through an injury to a starter in, in playing tight end or, or fullback. Um, you know, to, to where I needed, you know, I had expanded um, responsibility and opportunity, uh, but it was a week to week thing. It was, you know, I was, you know, always just dialed in on, on that week and, and uh, looking to, um, you know, do my job that week so that, that I got to stick around for the next week. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of how it rolled, you know, my whole time through. So, it's very interesting to me. You you come into the NFL in 2001, and of course the timing of this is is really crazy because you you play your first game, and I believe your your first regular season game, and I believe that that's September 9th, and of course two days later we have September 11th, and um, that changes obviously everything uh, in the United States in the world of sports. So what are your recollections of that day? And then how did that impact things uh, going forward? Yeah, uh, a def definitely an interesting time for sure. Um, you know, so that, if I am remembering correctly, was a Tuesday. So that was um, our off day, um, you know, after, after that first game. Um, I remember waking up, um, you know, maybe around 8.30 Eastern, um, and then um, I think I had just turned on the TV, and, uh, you know, I think it was around 8.50 or just before uh, 9 a.m. that the, the first plane had hit, uh, hit, hit, hit one of the towers. Um, so it was just surreal. Um, I you know, I think initially I was just like everybody else, um, just trying to figure out what was going on, uh, you know, watching the news and, and, you know, just as things progressed throughout that day, um, you know, really didn't know what to expect, um, you know, and uh, that continued into, 
you know, when, so Wednesday was always the first day of the new week for us, you know, it'd be our first practice for the following game Sunday. Um, and, you know, so nobody, we kind of came in Wednesday of the, for that, you know, the, the second game. And, uh, there was, it was, you know, a lot of uncertainty, you know, a lot of, you know, didn't really know if we were going to play that game or, or what had happened. And, and obviously what had happened was, was, was a, a tragedy beyond football. Um, and, you know, ultimately, yeah, obviously the, um, the, that second week slate of games all got, uh, postponed. Um, you know, so definitely, yeah, definitely a, uh, a surreal, surreal time for sure. Now, who, who was your head coach at the time? Was it Bobby Ross? Uh, no. So it was Marty Morningwig. He, okay. it was his first, yeah, first year. Um, he had come from the San Francisco 49ers. Um, his first year, he had just replaced Bobby Ross. Okay. So what were your conversations like, uh, or what were Marty Morningwig's conversations like with the team about, you know, how you guys were going to move forward? Because like you said, there was so much uncertainty. Uh, around if games will be played, when games will be played, and I'm sure that affects, you know, uh, obviously your practice schedule and, and everything like that. So what what was kind of his message to the team? Um, you know, remembering back, it, 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 um, it just seems like it was, hey, let's, let's stick to our routine, um, you know, control what we control type of thing. You know, but there was a lot of, you know, that, that was kind of another little introduction to the NFL because, you know, this was business. Um, you know, there was also from a, from an NFL PA labor negotiation side of things. Um, you know, so that became another variable and, um, you know, from, from a players association perspective, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Should we really be practicing when we don't know if we're playing? We don't know how this is going to affect the season. You know, so it was, it was there was a lot of uncertainty during that week. Was there a uh, consensus one way or the other in the locker room? Do you remember between players who um, maybe didn't want to play uh, because of you know being in the wake of a national tragedy and players who kind of thought like, well, the best thing we can do is just move forward and play. What was kind of the consensus in your locker room? I don't remember, you know, and, you know, maybe, maybe it was the case for a few. Uh, it's nothing I remember of, of anybody being against playing. And, um, you know, I, I think a, along with a lot of other um sporting events and, and whatnot, you know, it, it's a way to, you know, kind of help, help, help healing, help, help uh, other people get away from, um, you know, kind of the reality of, of what had happened. Um, so I would say for the most part, um, every, everybody was, was pretty willing and, and wanting to move forward and play. Okay, so for you personally, what what was that experience like? Because you mentioned that your coach told um, told the team, okay, you know what, stick with the routine stuff and all that. But you say that you were going day to day because you didn't have that that job security. 
Sure. Um, well, so as that was happening, a couple of things. Um, one, the, the two teams I had narrowed it down to coming out of the draft and, and the opportunities that I had was one Detroit. And then the other one that was a really strong possibility was the New York Giants. Um, so that initially was, was just kind of like a, a, a wow situation. Like I literally could have, you know, could have been in New York, been in, been in that whole area as, as all this was going on. Um, but then, you know, coming back, being in Detroit, um, just kind of dealing with, uh, what was going on and, and how that affects me. Um, you know, <laughs> Uh, I, I guess I, for the most part, I, again, I was just trying to do what I could, but following, you know, following the lead of players that had been there, um, players and, and, you know, uh, you know, especially leadership, uh, NFL PA leadership, uh, our player rep, those type of things, um, just following their lead as far as, um, you know, what we needed to be doing during that time. And, you know, ultimately once it, once it got decided of, um, you know, those games were going to be postponed that week, um, you know, then, then that was that. And, and not that stuff went back to normal, um, you know, cause it was definitely something that lingered for a while. Um, you know, it, it was just kind of back to controlling what you could and, and focusing on, you know, the job at hand. You know, Stephen, I believe the average length of an NFL career is, is about three years or maybe less. And that includes, of course, highly drafted players. So for someone who was undrafted, you know, you carve out a, a four-year career in the NFL. I mean, that that's impressive. And that just takes, I think, a lot of hard work and a lot of you kind of having to prove yourself continuing, continuously uh, each and every day for a long time. So what what was the key for you to be able to sustain, you know, your NFL career for as long as you did? Um, yeah, like I said, going into it, I had no expectation. Um, it was, hey, I'm going to give this my best shot and we'll see what happens. And then once, once I was able to make it that first year, um, you know, really for that first year, it, it truly was, that's all I was thinking about. Um, and, and, you know, for the most part, every year was like that. You know, once I'm in the year, all I'm thinking about was game to game, week to week. Um, but, but after that first year, you know, in, in learning some about, um, you know, the, the, the benefits and things that, that come along with being tied to how many numbers of years, uh, you're able to play. Um, I, you know, I, I had a goal to make it into past or, it, you know, into the past the third year, into the fourth year to, to, you know, get vested in, um, you know, the majority of the, the NFL benefits that were available to me at the time. Um, you know, which, so I was able to attain that goal, which I was really happy about. Um, as far as, um, as far as, how I went about that, um, you know, it's been said by many a player that's played in the NFL. Everybody's an athlete at that level. You know, you know, some obviously more than others, you're going to have your, you know, freak supreme athletes, but 
for the most part, everybody is 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 going to be able to athletically, physically do the job. Um, you know, what really separates is, um, you know, doing things the right way and, and knowing what you're doing. Um, you know, so I really, uh, I made sure I knew my job. I made sure I knew my assignment, you know, film study, those type of things. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of veteran players helped me along the way as far as how to do all that, how to, you know, how to break down film, um, you know, whether it's in special teams or offensively, defensively, um, you know, and, and knowing how to do the little things so that you're giving yourself, um, you know, the best chance to succeed um, on Sunday during the game. Um, and then, you know, the other part of that was, was in the off season, um, you know, not that, not that training stopped during the season, but, you know, your off-season work and training your body and, and um, you know, again, working with, with Jay Schroeder, um, you know, when we had a, we had a core group of guys, um, obviously Adam, uh, Adam Archuleta, Brian Jennings, who was the long snapper uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. Todd Heap uh, would, would work out with us, Terrell Suggs, um, you know, so we, and then, there was each each off season there was probably you know five to ten other NFL players uh that would cycle through over you know the three four months that we had off um you know it, but just we we'd really get after it and 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 uh you know uh, that was a huge part of me being able to stick around for the time that I did you know i remember adam Archuleta when they were going through the um, the combine, I, I believe he put up like insane bench press numbers, and people were just kind of marveling at how this safety was was so strong. And so, you know, the fact that you um, were teammates with him, that you worked out with him, and and had the same trainer, I'm assuming that your workouts were really intense. So, um, can you describe kind of what those workouts were like? Yeah, it was you know definitely. Definitely different for, for sure. Um, and, you know, me and Adam were friends just, just from being on the team and playing the same position. Um, and I had, I had known, um, I didn't really know the extent, but I, I knew that he had been going to this trainer since from, you know, when he was in high school. And for, you know, for a number of years, he, he'd been trying to get me to go with him and, and check it out. Um, and, you know, I kick myself for not having having done it sooner because it, it 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 would have it would have been um, you know definitely beneficial for me, but um, it's it's just it's it's Jay uh, you know he it's it's his program it's his training um, his philosophies his techniques he's just he's just uh, different stuff he's studied over the years. Um, and, and just developed over time and, and constantly had, had just innovating on different ways to train the body, uh, to really ultimately it's about just core being core athletic. Um, you know, it, you could probably do 10 podcasts on it. So I can't really. It's nothing, you know, to be honest, it's nothing I can really go into detail about 
Jay just said, hey, we're doing this today. Hey, we're doing this today. Well, we're doing that tomorrow. And, and that's just kind of how it went. You know, he, he said we did. Uh, but he just, he was really, really good. Um, took for, for me, just totally transformed, uh, my body in, you know, physically as, as far as, uh, strength, power, speed, uh, you know, the before and after, it was just kind of no comparison for me. Well, I want to give you a chance to brag on yourself a little bit. So, you know, we talked about all this intense training. Can you give us an idea of, you know, at your peak, you know, what size you were, maybe some of your bench numbers, your squat numbers, anything like that? Oh, let's see. Um, I mean, size-wise, I was I was always around, you know, 245, 250. Um, but but as far as uh, numbers, numbers, bench, bench, um, bench. I was right around 400. That would you know give give or, give or take you know 10, 20 pounds. Right around 400, squat. Uh, right around 600 uh, was was my max. Well, you know, you talked about how some of the teammates that you had on the Lions, uh, you know, you, you really learned from them. So I'm wondering, you know, was there one teammate or maybe a coach who you had when you played for the Lions that you'd say you learned the most from? Um. So, yeah, a few. Coaching-wise, so my the running back coach going in was Maurice Carthon, who was the fullback on um, the New York Giants Super Bowl winning teams when it was Bill Sims. I forget the exact years. It might have been uh, late 80s, early 90s. But, but uh <clears throat> My my agent at the time, Eric Metz, um, was familiar with with Mo. Um, knew he was a no nonsense guy, um, and uh, you know I, what I appreciate about Mo is you always knew where you stood. He was gonna. He was. He, there was no sugarcoating. There was no hey, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you one thing to your face and another thing behind your back. No, no, it, it was, and it was, it was, it was brash. It was abrasive, but, but I loved it. Um, you know, he, he, uh, he coached you hard, uh, but, but, you know, he was also there to, to let you know when you, when you did right. Um, I think having that as my coach initially was a huge benefit to me. Um, you know, just because, you know, one, he, he had played the position, he played fullback, and and two, um, you know, he was going to tell me right or wrong, uh, you know, what what I was doing and what needed to change, and I, I just think that was really helpful for me. And then also my special teams coach, Chuck Prefer, um, he had been with Detroit for a number of years, and, um, Detroit, you know, traditionally year in, year out, um, you know, Detroit's special teams were were known to always be very good, you know, whether it was your your kick return units, punt return, whatever, you know, punt team, whatever, you know, 
generally going into games, they were that was that was a respected part of of Detroit's um, teams. You know, they they just did things the right way, and that that all had to do with the amount of preparation and detail uh, that that Chuck um, put into um, preparing us. Um, on a, on a weekly basis. Uh, so having, having him, um, and, and having him show me what I needed to do to be successful, um, you know, in the, in the special teams and in, in the kicking game, uh, also equally beneficial to me. So playing for the Lions, uh, you know, tell me, you know, that's a franchise that, you know, the the fan base is really loyal, but they have struggled a lot o- over, you know, the course of that franchise uh, history. And so I, I know for some players it, it's it's probably tough, you know, to play there because you're dealing with, with losing and that sort of thing. Um, wh- what was it like to, to just play in Detroit for that franchise? Yeah, um Obviously a storied franchise, you know, one of the original franchises, um, super loyal fan base. Um, you know, that, that first year, um, I think we lost our first either 10 or 12 games. I don't remember which one it was. Um, and it wasn't that we were a terrible team. You know, I I don't know that there wasn't a competitive game in that whole bunch, you know, but we just, you know, for whatever reason, we weren't, we weren't, we weren't able to pull them out at the end, uh, you know, which is, which is part of it. Um, but week in and week out, that was, that was the last year of the old Silver Dome too. Um, you know, so the, but the Silver Dome was packed week in, week out. Uh, even though we're, you know, we're an 0 10, 0 and 12 team. I think, I think we ended up winning two games that year, but, um, you know, and then we moved, we, the new, uh, Ford field was built in downtown Detroit and same thing. Um, you know, it was packed every week. Um, you know, there were years that we started off better. I think there was a year we started off you know, four and oh or three and one and yeah, it's it's a it's a different deal. Um, you know, if 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 Detroit is ever really able to turn it around, um, you know, I I I think everybody's often heard Detroit calls hockey town, but I'm telling you if if the uh Lions ever become a perennial winner, that that's a football town for sure. All right. Well, for my last question, I'm going to bring it back to high school. And, you know, right now, Casa Grande uh, Union is is undergoing a, a real renaissance. They, they got a strong team uh, back in the state playoffs again this year. And, uh, you know, I think they got some guys who are definitely going to go on and play at the college level. So my question is, what's your advice to any of these players, you know, who have hopes, aspirations, um, of going on to play at the college level, uh, just a- any advice that you would give them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and it definitely is exciting. I, you know, through social media, you know, I, I still have friends down there and, 
you know, even friends connected to the program. I'll, um, ben Gutierrez will, will uh, you know, always does a great job of, of inviting me down for, you know, different functions, whether it's the golf tournament or, or whatnot. And, and I know Coach Barrow's done a, a, a great job down there um, in, in just building the program. Um, you know, as far as individual kids, I mean, look, at the end of the day, nothing is going to replace hard work, whether it is training your body or um, perfecting your craft, uh, you know, you know you're, you're, whether you're offensive lineman, quarterback, linebacker, whatever it is, nothing's going to beat hard work. Um, you know, so when you get opportunities, just, uh, you know, make, make sure you're, you're doing everything uh, in your power um, to, to maximize those opportunities. Okay, well, that is going to wrap up uh, part two of our conversation with Stephen Trejo. And once again, uh, Stephen, thank you so much for sitting down with us uh, for two episodes. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. I really enjoyed it. This podcast is brought to you by Casa Grande Jewelry and Pawn. We have been nominated in the top three jewelry and pawn store in the greatest of the grande. We bring integrity, honesty, and quality customer service. We are a family-owned business and operate and treat our customers like family. Customer satisfaction is always our number one priority. Come in and visit our store and check out our amazing inventory on guns, jewelry, and so much more. You can also start your Christmas layaway now for only $5 down. We are located at 13 26 North Pinal Avenue in Casa Grande. Our hours are Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. and 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturday. Our phone number is 520-836-7774. There you go. That's it. That's it. Thanks for listening to Pinal Central's Retro Rewind Podcast. Remember to go to PinalCentral.com and our Facebook page to access future podcasts. We are also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite streaming services. We will catch you next time.